Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. What are they made of? Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. No tobacco leaf or stem. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco and want to join the Black Buffalo herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online and they ship directly to most states. Or check out their store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. Confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's bestsellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com, code GLOW. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people... It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Volume. It's Snaps, presented by FanDuel. Football season is here, and there's no better place to get in on that action than FanDuel. But why, T-Bob? Why? Well, let me tell you. Okay, first off, the app is safe, secure. It's easy to use, okay? FanDuel always has these great exclusive offers where you can get juice, win a little more. Uh, When you win, you'll get paid fast. No waiting, no BS. And they got a ton of ways to play, man. Spread, money line over, unders, totals, props, same game, parlays, everything. Live betting. If you get to the show late, it doesn't matter. Just live bet it. They also have the teasingly vague same game parlay plus. I don't think it's a streaming service, but there's only one way to find out. It's by downloading the FanDuel Sportsbook app today, promo code SNAPS, and make every moment more this football season. 
Must be 21 and present in select states only. Gambling problem? 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXT STEP to 53342. Arizona, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG. Colorado, Indiana, Minneapolis, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Virginia. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Indiana, 1-877-770-STOP. In Louisiana, 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. New York, Tennessee Red Line, 1-800-889-9789. Tennessee, 1-800-522-4700. Wyoming, or visit www.1800gambler.net. West Virginia. Yo, what up, what up, what up, what up, what up? You know what the snaps means? It's time for a little late night snaps after dark. Uh, me and Aaron Murray chilling with you here uh, on the uh, volume YouTube channel. Go ahead and uh, subscribe and everything else. Shout out to Grant PG, everybody else riding with us on this night. Grant Batchel says, inject this day into my veins. We're going to get into that, Grant, because we got a lot <laughs> to get to today. And, and yes, yes. Uh, the 07 Nostalgic Madness was in the air tonight, and there's a lot to break down. As it appears, uh, there may be a couple of uh, bigger offenders outside of Brian Kelly that made the football gods a little pissed off tonight. We're going to talk about it all. A lot of big results today. Uh, T-Bob Bear here. Cheers to you, your college football wizard. Uh, my picks would not reflect that, but hey, man, even Gandalf fucked up time to time. Okay, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, we got our guy Aaron Murray. He was in Oxford tonight, calling the game, hustled back to his hotel in Memphis. Here, lives us on Snaps. Aaron, what's up, dude? Man, it was a hell of a day. Uh, I need yep. to start packing a suit. I need to go to a Halloween store, and yep. I got to get a suit. I got to set my game up. Yep. I apologize to the listeners right now. Uh, starting next Saturday at midnight, please let me know what outfit you think would go well with with Gandalf over here. Do I need to go like Hobbit style? Do I need to go Harry Potter style? Please let me know what you're feeling, uh, and I will go Amazon something here this week and, and be ready and dressed accordingly tomorrow or, or excuse me next Saturday night. But man, it was a great, great, great weekend, great day. We still got games going on right now. Mississippi State's playing Arizona. Uh, the BYU Baylor game is tied at 13. So lots of good stuff. Just I love college football. Just straight up, man. I love the Fuck drama. Yeah, Every Saturday there's drama. I know there's some fans on here that love the NFL. The NFL don't got crap on the drama that the college football game has. I'll tell you that right now. And uh, it was a great day. It's ironic because it's one of the few situations in which being better at something could arguably create a less enjoyable product. Like, yes, the NFL is way better than college in the same way that every professional sport is better than college. But for whatever reason, the chaos of football on the amateur level, at least in my opinion, feels much better than the chaos of basketball or baseball. And I like baseball fine, but there ain't nothing like college. I mean, again, I mean, for the second week in a row, Aaron, we sit here and like you said, the beauty of college football reigns supreme. Like, think about all the weird, unique, tiny, quirky parts of this country. They got to drink from the cup of the football gods today. 
right? If you were in the Appalachian Mountains today, right, maybe there's a chance, a good chance, that you love App State, the Mountaineers, and you watch them go to College Station, and you watch them not just beat A&M, but the, the shit out of A&M. The Appalachians are celebrating. A little further down mountain, you have Marshall, Notre Dame, middle of nowhere, West Virginia. That team goes up to South Bend, beats Notre Dame, big day for the Sun Belt. You have Pullman, Washington, a college town with literally nothing surrounding it, a population of probably about 200, and Pullman goes to Madison and beats the jump-around boys in Wisconsin. I mean, you got Kentucky over Florida. You have Statesboro, Georgia. Shout out to Georgia Southern beating Nebraska. If we want to talk about the Frosty Boys, we can. It's a rough day for the Frosty Boys. The point is, these places, to your point, Aaron, would not be privy to an NFL team. They don't have the population. They don't have the economy. But they can have a college team. And like all of us, they too can drink from that sweet, sweet nectar that the football gods provide. And my God, what a day it was today. Let's start with the big boy, or arguably the big boy. Texas A&M loses Ooh, to App State. Notre Dame loses to Marshall. Sun Belt reigns supreme. Air Murray, which is the bigger deal out of the two? Uh, I think Ab State being Texas A&M. Uh, I think Texas A&M was a fraud heading into the season. I, I just thought this team lost too much. Uh, I, I, I feel like I'm beating a dead horse right now every time I bring up Haynes King. Everyone on the show knows how I feel about Haynes, and I'm sure he's a great kid, and I apologize for just bashing his athletic ability. But it's just something to me is sketchy with the whole situation. Like, Jimbo, we know your system. We know what you want to run yet you refuse to put the quarterback in there that has the ability to throw the football uh, the best, the guy that can push the ball vertically down the field, the guy that can put your receivers in a better situation, and just your offense in general. If you're a guy getting paid that much money and that smart and that much of a quarterback guru, why aren't you putting Max Johnson on the football field? So what is going on behind the scenes to me? There, there To me, there has to be because it just is so – Plain and simple to me, start the guy that can throw the football. It's a quarterback position. You don't run an offense that is meant for a running quarterback. You run an offense that is meant for a quarterback who is a pro prolific thrower. So I'm just a little dumbfounded by the whole situation, and it finally bit him in the butt today. Uh, Haynes King didn't even throw for 100 yards. Very average day for the offense. App State goes in there, wins the game 17-14. My one win of the day, I had App State covering that 18 and a half points. But, you know, Woo! obviously guys like Desmond Howard had A&M as a, as a playoff team. I mean, a lot of people had high expectations, a lot of excitement, this incredible recruiting class and, you know, what Jimbo's done and this, that, and the other. And you, you, you look pretty bad in week one. You look okay. And then you lose this second week at home to App State, a, a Sunbelt team that you paid $1.5 million to come there. So – I think this is a huge deal. I think it's a bad look on Jimbo. And I'm just hoping that he freaking wakes up and decides, hey, man, if I want to score points and I know I need to score points, I need to put the quarterback that's going to do that job for me. And, and, and I just don't think it's Haynes King. It's going to be Max Johnson. Feed it to me, Aaron. Oh, my God, dude. A&M is not my most hated fan base. But in terms of tears that I love drinking, 
I don't know if it's just the cultish commitment that they have to their craft with so little return on the results, but there is something um, dastardly petty that I enjoy about upset A&M fans. And make no mistake, they had convinced themselves that this was the stepping year. Nine and one in the pandemic. Okay, you know what? It happens, dude. You took a step back last year. It happens. It's okay. It was all going to be fixed. And yet here A&M sits today. And they didn't just lose to App State, Aaron. They got their ass beat. App State ran 81 plays to A&M's 38. App State held on to the ball for 42 minutes to A&M's 18. A&M had a kick return for a touchdown at home and still could not win. Quinn Ewers threw for more yards in the first quarter in the couple series that he had against Alabama than did, like you said, your boy Haynes King. Not really your boy, but you know what I'm saying. Then Haynes King did in the entire game against Abstate. And so, yes. Is Marcus Freeman going 0-3 in his first three starts in Notre Dame disappointing? Absolutely. Will the intense, fiery gaze that is the college football media, right? Sauron's eye. Will that turn on Marcus Freeman this week? Absolutely. But you know who is mainly going to be focused on? Jimbo Fisher. And the reason is, Aaron, there's one stat that is more damning than all. And like you said, man, I mean, there's all kinds of shit that we get into about this game itself. It's awful. Max Johnson didn't see a snap, which is confounding. But right now, this is from Barrett Salee's Twitter. Kevin Sumlin's first 50 games at Texas A&M, he was 36-14. and Jimbo Fisher's first 50 games at A&M, 35-15. and So not only did you get your ass kicked by App State today, but it was literally the game that drove you one under the win percentage of your predecessor, mm. despite the fact that we all talk about you like you are vastly superior to said predecessor. So, yeah, I'm going to go on a limb and say AM's having the worst fucking night because they're literally <laughs> questioning everything they've done to this point. And this uh, point, it feels like Scott Woodward Machiavelli them, dude. He hired Jimbo to this contract knowing he would fail so that A&M would fail. I don't know, dude. A&M by far had the worst day in college football today. Yeah. And then all those – and, 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 and who knows what the exact dollar amount was that, that went to this incredible recruiting class. But I'm sure all these boosters are like, man, I paid X amount of dollars. I'm not getting any kind of tax benefit or anything out of this. I'm just essentially opening up my checkbook to pay for wins and we're losing to at state. Why the hell am I going to do this every single year? If I'm not going to see results on the football field. And, you know, I hate saying this cause I feel like we've said this about Jimbo for a while now. It's always like it's the next year and next year we'll be good. And next year we'll compete and next year we'll have a chance to go to Atlanta. I do think they are a year or two away, which, you know, for AM fans are like, screw that, man. We've been playing this dude millions of dollars. These recruits are getting paid millions of dollars. Like we want to win today. Uh, they're not there, and 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 no. honestly, right now it's it's. I don't know where they are in the SEC West. I had them heading into the season as my number four team in that side of the SEC, uh, based on what we've seen for the first couple of weeks of the season. They're dropping to more like five or six. You know, I don't know who who's worse right now, them or Auburn uh, at the moment. So um, I guess they are because they they do have one loss to the record. At least Auburn found a way to win. But I mean, you look at you look at AM's schedule here in the next. Five 
six, seven. I mean, I mean, the next eight weeks for goodness sakes. Miami next week. Miami. Aaron, feed it to I'm going to feed it to you right now. Just get get ready. Miami, who who did not look great to start the game today. I get it, but fuck Miami. But found a way. Found a way to win. You got to beat Miami. I would right now. I would pick Miami to beat A and M. Arkansas. I'd pick Arkansas to beat A and M. At Mississippi State, I'd pick Mississippi State. At Alabama, I'd pick Alabama. At South Carolina, I'd pick South. Like, are we talking about an A and M team right now that is is going to be? Seven and five. It, I don't want to get okay. I don't want to get two hours. I, mean, I, I, I don't want to get too over. Saying, like, I don't want to get too over seen? my skis here. What have we seen? Like I'm, I'm just saying. Like I know it's early in the season, but what I've seen from Miami, what I've seen from Arkansas, what I've seen from Mississippi State, Alabama, South Carolina, Ole Miss, Florida, Auburn, and LSU, I would say right now is is a better product than what AM has. At least those other teams have a chance. Like I feel like AM right now has absolutely zero identity of who they are on the offensive side of the football, which is, is yeah. once again, crazy to me because that's what Jimbo was brought in to do was score points. You're an offensive mind. You're an offensive guy, yet you can't figure out the quarterback position. You can't figure out this offense. Yeah, it was kind of funny. I saw a tweet earlier. Someone was like, everybody keeps telling me Jimbo's a quarterback whisperer. At a certain point, he should try yelling. Because yeah, man, outside of outside of Jameis Winston and Kellen Mond, like I just don't know. I mean, I guess he had success with EJ Manuel as well, but he has not been able to Honor. recreate that. And now he he is so committed to this Haynes King idea, and it's just not working. I mean, do you think someone else is making that call? Year, do you think someone else uh, is making that call? It's an interesting question because no, no, I get what you're saying. It's an interesting question because my yes. instinct says like hell no, right? How would that be possible? Mm. But we do live in the age of sliced bread. And make no mistake, sliced bread tried to tell us, dude. In fact, Jimbo should probably be thanking sliced bread for all the uh pub and everything that he got over this summer for the recruiting class. But yes, as money infuses these things more and more potentially i i'm i'm not willing to say it's not a possibility that somebody's not making these calls i would have to imagine though if you're paying this guy seven and a half million a year plus uh that you would empower him to make these own decisions but again i guess i don't really know that beyond the shadow of the doubt so no i mean it's 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 brutal dude as an a and empty promises for years yeah. he was a big time recruit so what's going yeah, wrong aaron what does he do wrong haynes yeah, it's like, like, your good, like give, a, us, give a, us the quarterback view. He's just not a good thrower of the football. I mean, there's guys that are just naturally mm -hmm. gifted. There's a reason certain people play the position of quarterback. Well, one is they're, you know, there's a lot of reasons. They're a good leader. Um, they have the presence. But most importantly, you have to be able to throw the football. And he just is not. Mm -hmm. He doesn't have a very natural motion. It's kind of muscly. It's forced. Uh, it's not effortless. It's not smooth. And obviously, he's just not. It's not in his DNA to be that kind of pastor. He's a great athlete, uh, which is phenomenal. And there are you know athletes in the past that have been able to muster up enough uh, ability to throw the football to compensate for that. But he just has not proven to me in in, in the games that he played last year, the, the one game and a half before he got hurt, and obviously these two weeks that he's a guy that I feel comfortable throwing the ball 30, 35 times in order to win. And then you watch the offense right now, and it's not like Jimbo's scheming up a ton of running plays where it's like, okay, I understand that my quarterback is not this elite passer, 
So I'm going to now use him to run the ball 20, 25 times a game. I'm not seeing that. So then what's really the point of Haynes King being out there? If he's not going to throw the ball and he's not going to run the football, then why is he out there? Um, I don't like once again, like I feel like there's something else going on because it just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, he's got nudie pics. You know, he's got some sort of blackmail on Jimbo. No, man, I mean, look, you raise know. a good point. Also, let this be a warn. Let today be a bit of a red flag warning or a potential example of how the transfer portal, when you are a player and you choose to enter the transfer portal, no matter what these teams are selling you on why you should, you ultimately have to recognize that you still have to go win the job because in Texas A&M, you just lost to App State and Max Johnson did not play. Max Johnson started for two years at LSU. There was a quarterback battle at LSU that came down to the very bottom. That Max Johnson would have had a very good chance of winning that job. Instead, now he finds himself sitting in College Station. Uh, Eli Ricks transfers to Alabama, All-American corner. Kool-Aid McKinstry played the entire game over Eli Ricks. And he was hurt during camp. Maybe he gets back there. But the point is, yeah, man, sometimes you transfer thinking you're going to find your fortune elsewhere and ends up burning you a little bit. But it's 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 awful for AM today. Again, um, I love it. Uh, they've been manufacturing this LSU A&M rivalry, and it's actually become real. But also, again, there's never been a fan base. And I kind of defend A&M in this regard, but I think it's true. There's just never been a fan base that is, has more belief or more confidence with less actual results than the Texas A&M Aggies. And here they sit. And I mean, I don't know. Where the fuck is Poxitani Phil? Because it probably feels like Groundhog Day, Aaron. We're back here right once again. It's Kevin Sumlin all over again. It's Texas 8-4 and four all over again. So it is a disaster is it in, the coach uh, in College is it, Station is it, is it, right is now. Is it is it the coach or is it the 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 is it our fault and the fans' fault for having these these expectations of what A and M should be compared to or could no. be compared to what they should be? Like we we think that like hey we infuse all this money into A and M and the money's going to solve the problem and money's going to turn this thing into championships where they just they still don't have the brand. Like, I don't understand, like, where did these expectations come from, from these fans thinking that, hey, we are deserving of winning a national championship? Like, I, I don't know, maybe I, you know, was was born in 1990, so maybe I missed an era where A&M was, like, some dominant football team that was winning national yeah. championships. Like, I just don't get no, they haven't. that sense actually, of, actually, Aaron, we deserve Aaron, to be I here. The, I think the queen was, um, I want to say the queen was, like, 14. 15 years old the last time that AM won a national championship so it's been a hot minute to your point yeah. okay uh but at the same time i understand how they got here and it's because they hired a national championship winning coach they gave him a 10-year 75 million dollar deal which trust me as someone who cheers for a coach with a 10-year 100 million dollar deal i know how you can convince yourself that this is absolutely going to work but they have a national championship winning coach. They've recruited very well outside of just this last year, which of course yep. they like just moonshot and it's unbelievable. They've recruited very well for multiple years now. AM is consistently in the top five. Okay, national championship winning coach, big deal, consistently in the top five. And then the kicker is that nine and one pandemic year. 
a 10-game SEC schedule and you go 9-1? and one? Are you shitting me? Mm-hmm. It's fucking hard to do, right? And yet, yep. unfortunately, it seems that they chose poorly as to when they should be dominant. Because the problem is that was one of the few years in which 9-1 in the SEC would somehow not get you into a playoff. They don't end up in that playoff. They lose their quarterback. And Jimbo has proven to be unable to replace that quarterback. So, like, I see the arguments about how A&M arrived where they're at. And the worst part is, as someone who has formed similar Homer arguments for LSU for the last three years, I also know the pain that happens when that destination never comes to reality. The, 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 what I love is for, for all the pain that I am feeling, I think that A&M fans are feeling even more acutely because not only is the destination not arriving, but it feels farther than ever. And it comes in the context of you all hated Kevin Sumlin. Well, guess what? Kevin Sumlin was actually objectively better his first 50 games than the guy that you're committed to for a decade. It's a beautiful thing. Mm. It's a beautiful thing. Okay, so AM, AM obviously disaster. Gotta play Max Johnson. Gotta try something different. Why else did you bring him in? Right. Um, the other big one in this equation, if we're talking about Sunbelt upsets, make again, make no mistake, today was a huge 07 energy day. It was fantastic yep. in terms of upsets. I mean, let me let me let me run through the list here real quick, Aaron. We had um Okay, you had App State and AM. You had Marshall Notre Dame, which you're about to talk about. You had Wazoo from Pullman going to uh going to Madison, beating Wisconsin. You had Kentucky yeah. beating Florida, despite the fact that we were all over Florida. You had Georgia Southern beating Nebraska. I mean, it's all over. You had Texas Bama game. Oh. You had Duke going to Chicago and beating Northwestern. You had Kansas winning in Morgantown as 14 point dogs. It was an upset day. Today in college football, and South Bend was one of the key areas. Uh, Aaron, what was your reaction when you saw the thundering herd, the literal mascot named after our boss, Colin Cowherd? The thundering Colin <laughs> Cowherds go into South Bend and and go ninety four yards in the fourth quarter to take the lead oh. and then shut out the game. Nothing fluky about it. No. Uh, listen, it's still a game of, of taking care of the football. Most important thing of any quarterback is don't turn the damn ball over. That is QB one-on-one. And, you know, we, we, we looked at last week's game for Notre Dame versus Ohio State and said, hey, you know, Buckner looked good. There's some potential. Loved the poise. He was on the road. You know, played well. You know, Ohio State's defense is better. We started making these excuses for him and, and yeah. why the offense didn't score a lot of points. And then they go at home this week, and, 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 and he throws two interceptions, three total interceptions overall for the football team, and just atrocious on the offside and, 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 and inexcusable to be at home, uh, to be that good of a team, to be going against a team like Marshall, to have that many turnovers and, and lose a ball game like that. I think they were – I mean, you, you and I have been in games too where you, you kind of play one game – a.k.a. Ohio State last week, you put all your energy the, the entire offseason. What has Notre Dame probably been saying? Hey, we're going to shock the world. We're going to go in there into Ohio State, into the, the horseshoe, and we're going we're gonna to win this football game, this, that, and the other. And then when it doesn't happen, you kind of just lose focus because that was everything that you've talked about for seven months. That was it from seven January yep. from workouts. I mean, we played Boise State my my sophomore year and then we played clemson my senior year and i mean that was it like every single day that was the the crying call of 
man, I'm tired and I'm tired of running sprints. I'm tired of working out or I'm tired of watching film. Hey boys, we got Clemson. Hey boys, we got Boise state. Like that was your grind. And for Notre Dame, that's the same thing, man. Ohio state was their grind. And then when you don't win that football game, it's so deflating and you, and you lose that concentration. And then especially when you turn around and, and, and you're at home and you're facing an opponent that you're, you're expected to win by a ton of points, you kind of just lose focus. And that's what we saw today from Notre Dame, a lack of concentration, a lack of focus. It bit them in the ass, too many turnovers, and a, a, a very, very, very embarrassing loss. Um, I, I, I do think Coach Freeman will, will right the ship. I think he's too good of a coach. I think he has too much potential. He'll be fine. But it's it's you said it. Zero and three for their first three win or first first three games. Go back to the bowl game is not a good start. The start of the NFL season is here, and the best place to practice your touchdown dance is on FanDuel, America's number one sports book. FanDuel's kicking off Week One with a no sweat bet for everybody. It doesn't matter if you're a new customer or already have an account. You'll get free bets back if you don't win. Just log in and see for yourself. But T-Bob, what would you bet with a free bet? I would give myself a little extra rooting interest this weekend and put some on the Tigers. Go Tigers. Or just run a same-game parlay. New to FanDuel Sportsbook? Sign up and use the promo code SNAPS to get started. That's promo code SNAPS. Celebrate the return of football season with a no-sweat bet during week one. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. And it's not a good start. And you can say, oh, well, T-Bob, it was a major bowl game. Then it was Ohio State. And I understand that, right? And if you beat Marshall, yep. it's nothing. But you didn't beat Marshall. And yes, I understand there's context to that 0-3, but the the most fruitless endeavor in this life may be asking us right here on this side of the mic, us sports takers, to engage in context. And so nobody is going to be putting up graphics on their shows this week about how, yes, Marcus, Free- Marcus Freeman is 0-3, but, you know, it goes back to like a weird coaching switch last year, and then you had Ohio State. No, no, no. It's going to say Marcus 3 is 0-3. It's the worst start in Notre Dame history for a head coach. And, and, and so the same way that, again, the hyper-aggressive gaze of college football was focused on Brian Kelly this week, Brian Kelly should be thanking God for his replacement in Marcus Freeman and for Jimbo Fisher because that is firmly where the anger and the gaze will be forced to uh, this week. Otis Koslaw, the chat, says, uh, Jayhawks, we going to the Orange Bowl, baby. Hell yeah, dude. Shout out, Kansas. Football program on the rise, going to Morgantown. Big win. You love to see it. Um, uh, Drew Richardson asked the powers at B at FSU about how they feel about Jimbo. That's another interesting point about Jimbo. It wasn't like, what what, what do they always tell you? If you're in a locker room or anything else, leave the place or like an Airbnb. Like if your parents raised you right, they tell you to leave the place better than when you got there. Okay. Jimbo did not do that at Florida State. It looked like he was going to, and he did not. And unfortunately, if you're an art, if you're an AM fan, that's the history that you're having to deal with now. Notre Dame, I'm not overly worried about. I'm with you, Aaron. Awful day. Sure. Don't know if Tommy Buckner's the guy. Uh, Tyler, excuse me. He better Definitely. be the guy. They don't have anyone else. Well, I was going to say, so what's really glaring to me there, the same way, 
that you really felt Bryce Young's lack of weapons earlier in the Bama-Texas game, yep. which we'll touch on very quickly. Um, you felt Notre Dame's lack of weapons, right? You have Michael yep. Mayer, but outside of that, you don't have a lot. And you thought that maybe at the beginning of the season, like maybe like Tommy Reese being the kind of young Wunderkind offensive coordinator, maybe Buckner, they could come together and maybe you can make up for those lack of weapons just to lead quarterback play. And we see how hard that is, right? Even Bryce Young, who can do it at times, cannot do it consistently. So, of course, Tyler Buckner can't do it. And so yep. if you're a Notre Dame fan, uh, certainly you have to readjust your expectations for this year. I think you're fine overall, but there's no way and that you're not disappointed by the thundering herd coming to South Bend and not just beating you, but again, like App State and College Station, handling you. I mean, I, like what a day for the Sun Belt. They sunned multiple major college football teams. Um any, any, anything to add on the Notre Dame uh, game, Aaron, before we talk a little Bama? Um, no, I, I, I think we got it all. I mean, this is, you know, it's still a good defensive team, a, a well-coached team. I'm just pulling up their schedule right now, trying to get a feel for, you know, we always say, and it's true, I mean, getting that first win is sometimes the hardest thing. Like, get that first one, get, get, you know, get everyone in the locker room feeling good. You know, they got Cal next week at home. You know, it's an opportunity to win the game before they have to go to North Carolina, then BYU, which are going to be two pretty tough matchups. So um, just get the first win, get Marcus Freeman feeling good about life, and 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 see if you can finish the season off strong because it's a tough schedule. I mean, once again, North Carolina, BYU, Stanford, you know, get a little bit of break versus UNLV. Syracuse looked good today, had a nice win. Uh, you get Clemson at home, and then right now, you know, I wouldn't say surprise team for me, but USC just looks way ahead of schedule, which is a little scary huh? for people on the West Coast. Huh? 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 I didn't Don't hit on much today, Aaron. I'm gonna shoot In fact, some I didn't hit on later. fucking I'm anything. Shoot some love later. Were, were, were it not for Tennessee coming through for me, I would have an 0-8-1 and gambling start to my day. The one fucking person that came through for me, and I hate this, I hate this, because again, I do not want to be married to these highfalutin coastal elites, these Californians that think their shit doesn't stink, that walk through their open-air shopping malls and wonder why we all can't do the same. Well, it's hot down here, damn it, okay? I don't want to side with these people. But I'll be damned if USC doesn't look really good and if Lincoln yeah. Riley and Caleb Williams don't look really good and don't look more intimidating now that they're in a worse conference with a better talent pool and better resources than what they had at Oklahoma. You mentioned ahead of schedule. USC, we should maybe save it for drunk words, sober thoughts, Aaron, but <laughs> USC is getting dangerously close to flirting with the P word here. Playoff. Playoff. Just whisper. Carpe. Lincoln Ryan's going to sit up there like Robin Williams in front of the boys. You hear it, boys? Carpe diem. And it's like, it's like fucking, um, oh, it's all the old USC greats of the past, all the old Heisman winners. Their black and white pictures are up there. And he's like whispering into Caleb Williams' ears. And they're all hearing the ghosts of the past. So yeah, UNC, USC looks pretty fucking good right now. Okay, okay, okay. Bama, hey, Gina, 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 Gina in the chat's all excited that I'm, I'm, I'm jumping on the uh, USC train right now. There we go, dude. Give it the fight on. Gina Marie, let's go. Dude, I'm, Ali just Ali. Saying, I'm just saying, 
when they're playing good, those uniforms are already good looking, and they just look even yep. better when they're yep. playing well. There's some good, I don't get, I don't get, I don't get his, I don't get his black tights though. My boy needs to get rid of the black tights. But other than that, um, you know that those unis are sweet. Look, man. Um... USC's uniforms are a bit like the Roman empires, right? If you were dealing with them during like the Byzantine empire, like fall the Romans, like it's like, it is what it is. But if you're dealing with their prime, they cut an impressive figure. Uh, Ali Ali says, Bama looks very beatable. Texas took a huge step forward. They were better than they were the better team today. A&M's playoff hopes are over. Nebraska's lower tier program forever. USC looks like they're back. Ali Ali, great. Hey, Ali, you should be a producer. Ryan Brumley and hearing that one YouTube comment, <laughs> I'm pretty sure just achieved an erection all the way up in New York City. So congratulations, Ali. You hit on all the big boys. Uh, so let's talk, though about ut bama because in a lot of ways they set the table for today uh mm -hmm. that was a texas team that i was very clear about i thought they would get demolished i thought the bama of last year was exactly what nick saban said it was it was a rebuilding year and that this bama with another year and uh bryce young being a year older and everything else that they would be as unbeatable as they were in the past and i thought that this game in particular right if you look at Alabama's non-conference early season games, be like Virginia Tech or everybody else, they beat the hell out of teams. They don't just beat them. They grind them into a fine paste and use their bones for bread the same way that the giant Jack and the Beanstalk did. And yet today, when they went to do that, they got their fucking golden goose stolen. And it almost got stolen for good. They got lucky to get it back. But the point is, Aaron, when you look at today's UT Alabama game, do you think that speaks more to Alabama being not what they have been, maybe being you know vulnerable, or is Texas back? I think it's more Alabama being vulnerable. I, I do think Texas. I wouldn't say Texas is fully back. You know, let's let's win some football games before we crown them back. I think this more goes to honestly Alabama having issues. This team is 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 not a team that is going to beat you. Uh, like they have in the past. I mean, look at the offenses they've produced for the past five-plus years since really Lane Kiffin evolved their offense back in, what, 14-15. And then kind of from there, it's been like, okay, we're a 40-point team. We're a 45-point team. We're a 50-point team. You know, when Mac yep. was at the helm and, and you had Devontae, it's like, damn, like these guys are they're, – they're mowing people down. And then now you look at it and, and you watch them, you're like, okay – is this more of a 2000, you know, 11, 2010, 2012 Alabama team? And not saying like that team can't win a national championship in this day and age, because they can. I think that you, know, you can easily win games like this. I think people just need to realize that it's just, it's going to be different. Um, you know, a lot of people last year looked at Georgia and said, hey, you can't win a, you can't win a national championship solely based on defense anymore. You got to find a way to score points, and and Georgia got better throughout the season, and obviously they hit some big games versus Michigan. They they did pretty well offensively versus Alabama, uh, along with that defense to, to get that national championship. And I think Alabama has enough parts to be good enough on offense, um, but they're going to have to rely on the defense. They're going to have to rely on the defense. They're going to have to rely on yep. Bryce Young and uh, the running game. I think McClellan's a pretty damn good back. Obviously Gibbs is 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 special. You know whether running the football. Or coming out of the backfield, you know, nine catches, seventy-four yards, and a touchdown today. Um, the receivers will get better. They're just they're just good. 
So I think this is more to Alabama's a, a good football team, a still playoff caliber team, but just different than what we're used to seeing from the past five or six years from what Alabama football is. And I will throw into a little bit that Texas football looked pretty damn good today. But also, you know, this was yeah. their season. We talked about earlier Notre Dame viewing that Ohio State game as like their season. Like this is make or break and all of our energy right now is getting ready for week two because you know they're going to run through UL Monroe week one. So like, hey, guys, our offseason is Alabama, 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 Alabama. We are prepping, yeah. and that's what gets us through the day. And my worry is the same thing that Notre Dame just went through. Like you lost the game. It's a, it's a really crappy loss because you felt like you had it. Do you kind of go to crap now? Uh, especially yeah. with your quarterback yep. banged yep. up a little bit. So I'm, I'm a little interested to see how they respond uh, these next few weeks. Lucky for them, you know, UTSA, at Texas Tech, West Virginia, you know, three games you should be favored in before you go face Oklahoma. No, okay, so so I'm with you, right? I think my bigger takeaway is more in Alabama this year, and, and, and it's simply – or in this game, and it's simply because – if you look at last year with Alabama, you had games like this, right? You had a very close game against a Florida team that sucked. Uh, LSU had a chance to win in the 20-14, to 14, and that LSU team was bad. Finished with a losing record. You had a wild game against a very bad Auburn team in which you arguably oh. should have lost. You did lose to A&M. You did lose to Georgia by double digits. That was supposed to be the exception, not the rule. So when you come out here and you have a similar sort of battle against Texas where you, you're kind of getting your ass kicked in the offensive line, right? It's got a lot of TFLs, a lot of pressure, a lot of sacks. Like, yeah, those are some red flags, and, and it's all relative. Red flags for Alabama are not red flags for LSU, are not red flags for uh, Purdue, right? Like, no, no, it is different. Yep. Like we are, we are looking at the perfect resume and looking for like a little weakness in the armor, right? Like, is there an armpit there where I can like fucking stab a knife or something? Maybe so. That's what we're searching for. The point is in the past, Alabama has felt untouchable at times. They felt yep. immortal right now. They feel very mortal. And again, there's just too much of a history of evidence right now with Texas for me to fully believe in the yet. I can get there and I'm more willing now than ever to get there, but they have to prove that they're not just going to waste all their nut on this one game and that they're going to still go out there and build off of this as a nice foundation. And uh, while, while I, I really like what Sark did with Hudson card, ultimately if they don't have Quinn Ewers, it's tough to say from the little bit that we saw that they won't be limited because Quinn Ewers looked, I mean, Beyond the actual numbers and everything he did, Aaron, I don't know about you, the most impressive part about years to me was that he just looked confident. Like he yeah. didn't look phased by the situation at all, Aaron. I mean, it looked like to me he was just completely uh, comfortable in his own skin. Well, he looked a lot better than he did week one. And you expect a jump. I just didn't, to me, I didn't expect that, that big of a jump. And you know, we have to remind ourselves like this kid was highly recruited and, and, you know, I always say, like, hey, throw the recruiting and throw the stars out the window as soon as you walk on campus. But they do mean something. Like, those recruiting boards and, and those message boards – not the message boards. So, the, ignore that statement. But the recruiting boards, like, there are <laughs> – there is proof there that they know what they're doing when they're scouting these kids at the high school ranks. Yes. And, you know, he was a highly recruited kid. There is talent there. We all know it. Um, it's just a matter of getting him on the football field and, and him going out there and executing. So – yeah, I loved his mentality. I loved the game plan Sark had. 
man, just let that bitch roll. It, that was it. It was get out there, have no yep. fear. We're not expected to win this thing. Um, we're at home. Just throw the damn ball and let's see what happens. And 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 you saw it happen over and over again. And, and there's talent on that team. But you know, we, when you watch Texas, you know we know they got one of the best running backs in the country in Bijan. We know they got one of the best running back or receivers in the country in, in, in Xavier Worthy. You know, I thought Jordan Whittington looked really darn good. They need that number two receiver to step up. I thought he did that well. Uh, Rashawn Johnson made some some big plays here and there. So, you know, if if yours is healthy. I do think they have a chance to to possibly make some noise in the Big 12. Scandalous, Aaron. That's a hotel phone ringing. Is that no, a little my, room uh, service? It's my, it's my checkers, uh, fries, and chicken fingers. Yes, <laughs> dude. I knew it, dude. I can sniff it. <laughs> hey, the fat boy can sniff it from 700 miles away. It's the dude. only damn thing it. on Postmates I could, that I was open it. tonight. Here, do you need to go? Do you need to go? Go go answer the phone. I need you to get that food. Trust me. I know how that is. You've had a long day. You're in a hotel. There are a few <laughs> things more enjoyable. Like, okay, A&M tears are more enjoyable. Um Bama fans, when they cry, are probably more enjoyable. Outside of that, there are a few things on this earth that are better than, uh, well, than a good fucking room service or hotel burger. Real quick, let's run through our five stars. You do it every week. Five stars are good, right? It's a recruiting five star. Five stars best form city. One star is a shitty one. Aaron, who's your first five star? Keep it very quick. All right, five star, five star. Pull up my notes real quick. Um, my first you got five USC star. as oh. your five star. I do have USC as my five star. Uh, I'm sipping the Kool Aid a little bit right now. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say the the P word just yet for USC, but uh, they look impressive for a team yeah. that's essentially because I I just covered Ole Miss and and one of the words Lane Kiffin used with me because they were ranked the second when it came to this whole transfer portal thing behind USC. He said, "Hey, we're essentially an expansion team." And that's what USC is. It, it's like you bring a bunch of guys together, put them on one team, and let's see what the hell happens. And the fact that they're producing not only wins, but the quality of football this fast is surprising and also yeah. encouraging. Because if they can look this good week two, just imagine how good they're going to look in the middle of the season and then obviously towards the end of the year. So um, I'm very, very encouraged by what they're doing early on the season. So I'm going to – Keep an eye on them, but um, man, it's 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 good to see them out. I mean, there are brands that we can all agree on when they're playing good football, it is good for the game. USC yeah. being one of them, Texas being yeah. another one of them, uh, that just haven't been as relevant as of late. But when they are, the brand of college football is better. So I am I am somewhat cheering for this. Okay, my five star. It's uh, it's Kentucky and Arkansas, man. Both of them doubted. Yeah. Both of them SEC middle-of-the-pack teams that are trying to take the step into the next tier, and I both thought they basically said fuck you to everybody who doubted them today. Uh, Kentucky go on the road as well. Do people and, doubt uh, Arkansas? People holding doubt Arkansas? Well, maybe I'm maybe this is like a personal one because I had South Carolina plus eight and a half in so many different ways, and I like South Carolina's sl- scrappiness, but Arkansas was like yeah. clearly the dominant team. 
like like clearly yeah. better in every phase of the game. And then Kentucky, that was impressive as hell as well because we were ready to crown Anthony Richardson. Uh, all yeah. right, Aaron, my four-star is the 07 energy today. That goes to the couple. Uh, Sunbelt wins. Again, Wazoo, Wisconsin. Kentucky over Florida. Georgia Southern over Nebraska. Duke Northwestern. Kentucky Morgan. Just a wild day of college football. What's your four-star, Aaron? My four-star is the Sunbelt. Um, I mean, holy smokes. Yeah. Give them a yep. big round of applause. Appalachian State, Marshall. I mean, Georgia State brought North Carolina to the to the brink there. Um, you know, it just was a good day. Obviously, Georgia Southern uh, beating your Frosty Boys there. So huge day for the Sun Belt, making a lot of noise uh, and making a lot of money while doing it. Imagine that making one point five million dollars and then winning on top of that. That's <laughs> That's when some 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 uh, some windows are broken and some cars downtown. So let's yeah, it's the means where the coach is like party. Yes, show me my motherfucking money. Okay, my three star. Very simple here. Hendon Hooker deep balls. My God, Aaron, they're the prettiest balls I've ever seen. I mean, that man can sling the deep ball unlike anybody I've ever seen. Who's your three star? Uh, I'm gonna go Bryce Young. <laughs> Bryce Young and his uh, his big balls uh, and his brass yep. balls and, and just being an absolute brass savage uh, brass balls. Uh, he's just man, my man's got ice in his veins. You know, crunch That's time. Crazy. He goes out there and performs. Um, you know, there's there's very few quarterbacks in the country I trust more than him, uh, if any. When it comes to hey, we need a last second drive. Just it seems like nothing phases him. So that was really cool to see today. Uh, my two star is Iowa's offense. Iowa got down. They, they cannot score. They literally had the ball in like the two or the half yard line. They managed not to score. They got down 10, seven. And I think they got two or three possessions after that. 10, seven might as well have been a million to seven. Like they didn't mm -hmm. stand a chance of getting a field goal. It's fucking awful. Iowa's offense is garbage. Aaron, give me your two star. Yeah, they are they are very very bad. Uh, my two star of the day, Anthony Richardson. What the yes, dude. happened? I mean, yes. my phone has been blowing up all night. All these fans like, did you? Uh, just too much, too much. The guy had one bad game. I will say that it was really bad. I mean, it was atrocious. But he also uh, kind of reads. only had one good game as well. No, I mean, there's plenty of really good moments last year. I mean, go watch the tape. I mean, he, you can. You talk to enough people who know the quarterback position, and you they know like this guy has there, there's there's a lot of potential there. Tonight was just not his night. It was one of those nights where nothing was working. We've all had those nights, whether it's in sports or just life in general. That's what he's feeling right now. It sucks. He'll get over it. He's too good of a player. He will bounce back. Kentucky's a good team. We doubted them. Like you said, four star. We give them a round of applause. Uh, but damn, Anthony, you look like crap tonight. So, um, yeah, you know, I, I pray that you bounce back. Yeah, man. And uh, honestly, I'm so happy that I was wrong for this week on AR in Florida, because again, much worse than being wrong would be living in a reality in which Florida got two huge ranked wins in a row at home in the swamp yeah. with a great quarterback. So like, I'm happy, dude. I'm, I'm glad that he struggled. Like I'm very happy about that. My one star of the night, Jimbo Fisher's contract. God damn. 
lot of side eyeing going on right now. I mean, again, we'll give you the Kevin Sumlin stat through 50 games, one game less than Jimbo Fisher. Jimbo mm-hmm. Fisher, once mm-hmm. again, should be thanking sliced bread for getting A&M's reputation up so much on the recruiting trail because uh, I, I tried to be an A&M believer. Right. And guys like Jacob has said, no, no, you're crazy, dude. They've sucked. They've sucked. sucked." I was like, I think you're being a little bit of a meathead. Like, I think if you really look, they're going to be good. But no, I guess everybody else is right. They just suck. I guess Jimbo Fisher does as well. Aaron, who's your one star? Uh, My one star, the Frosty Man, Scott Frost. Um, Dude, they just got to end it. I mean, they just need to end it. I don't know why, like, you feel like the need to let this thing continue. We all know he's going to get fired at the end of the season. Um, it's it, it's done. Like there, there's no yeah. survival of how this season has started. The shenanigans yeah. against Northwestern, the 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 really bad play, especially in the first half versus North Dakota, and then losing to Georgia Southern at home. Um, it, he's done. There's no coming back from how far he's fallen right now. It sucks. I do think he's a good coach. I think he's a great human being. The guys love him, but Uh-oh. if you can't win football that's, games, that's, that's like literally the that's the three sentences you say before you call someone to be fired. Like he's like he's like a great dude. You know, I know he works hard, but it's just not working out. And unfortunately, Aaron, as a recent as a recent convert to the Frosty Boys. I feel like we're melted. I feel like you got to fire Scott Frost, and I feel like you got to fire Neil Brown at West Virginia as well. It's a fucking disaster. You can't be losing to Kansas in the way that you did tonight, not when you're 14-point favorites at home. Last one, drunk words, sober tharts. I got tharts. I got one drunk, sober, whatever. I got one drunk thought for you, Aaron, but I support it when I'm sober. UGA should be number one. Bottom line, bottom line, it's time. The Georgia Bulldogs should be the number one team in the nation. You're like, I mean, T-Bow is only 33, nothing to play with 12-minute quarters in the second half, okay? They're trying to get the fuck out of there. No, UGA should be number one in the entire country. Uh, my my drunk word, sober thoughts are USC is going to win the Pac-12 this year. Um, you know, I know Oregon had a nice <laughs> comeback with it. Just, they look good. Golly, they look good. I hope I'm not getting tricked right now by them playing lesser teams. I mean, Stanford was a good win on the road, but they just look good. Like I'm falling for them right now, man. I am falling I know, dude, it's hard for the Trojans. Do, I'm getting the googly eyes for the West coast, that California yeah. love. I'm feeling it right now. Yeah. Um, you saw one girl mm, skate by on a little roller skate. She Woo. had like a high-waisted thong Woo. on. Next thing you know, you're walking by Muscle <laughs> Beach. There's all kind of jacked bros with abs doing like crazy amount of pull-ups. I feel you, dude. I'm kind of there with yeah, you. I hate I it, just, but I'm, I'm kind of there with that you. Love. Hollywood's oh, a hell of a know. thing. Um, look, and you know who else is a hell of a thing? All of you hanging out with us here on Snaps After Dark. Uh, this will be a moving target on Saturdays. Aaron actually works. He calls games. I do the yeoman's work of the local radio man, uh, getting drunk and doing post-game shows at bars around Baton Rouge. But we will bring you a show every single Saturday. So go ahead and subscribe to the Volume Sports YouTube channel. Shout out FanDuel, who makes all of this happen. Uh, awful day for me. I think I might end up about 3-8. and eight. We'll see. But you know what? 
started 0-7. It's all about how you finish, Aaron. And uh, a huge thank you to Ryan Brumley, our excellent producer, who, by the way, there's a Brumley comment in the chat, in the chat here. Shout out, Caleb A says, shout out Ryan Brumley, former fellow Ascension Blue Gator. Brum, before you go, anything to say on the Blue Gators here? Oh, you know, middle school and elementary school, what a time. Hell what yes, dude, Blue Gator. What a time. What an incredibly insecure time. I never felt more insecure than I did in sixth grade. <laughs> Absolutely awful. Absolutely awful. Oh, Things are changing. Oh, change, guys. Yeah, it, it gets better. It gets better. Look, Aaron, somebody tells me you didn't have any problem in sixth grade. Maybe you did. I don't know. No. Look, you have a great night. Oh, see? Yeah, a little bit. Well, because I, because I, you know, I had, I was the first one to get a hair under the armpits. So that, oh, the, wow. the whole the whole furry Murray thing started and, and <laughs> I got bullied a little bit because of it. So furry it wasn't Murray. Really, it wasn't my best time. Hell yeah, dude. Okay, see, so man, I get it. It happens to all of us. Uh look, we love you all. Thank you so much. Uh subscribe to the pod. Shout out Papa Colin. And uh we will see you on Monday, two Eastern, one central on a brand new edition of Snaps. Later, y'all. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Tura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts more Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.